Welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, hosted by Michael Sonberg, founder and CEO of Rebel Culture and Skyrocket Education. Each week, we'll talk to a different, inspiring person in the world of leadership, personal development, career, family, fitness, and beyond. Buckle up for the Inspiration Accelerator. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Inspiration Accelerator. I'm Michael Sonberg with a, I feel like I say every week that our guest is an incredible person, but this person is an incredible person as well. Uh, his name is Mike Parnell, and uh, he's got so many incredible things to share with us around not just entrepreneurship, but around uh, philanthropy, around um, you know endurance, uh, races and events. He's uh, is, is got a really incredible story with his with his daughter um, as well. So we're going to get to Mike in a little bit. Before we do that, just want to share something that's top of mind for me. My sister yesterday sent me a link to a house that's for sale. And it turns out it's the house that I grew up in. And we didn't uh, sell that sell that house like a lot of people do. Uh, we actually, the bank took it uh, from our family. We uh, my my parents were you know spending money that they didn't they didn't have. My mom got a, a cancer diagnosis, and uh, we didn't have insurance back then. My dad was a business owner; he was an entrepreneur. He was paying out of pocket, and uh, that combined with some some uh, bad business decisions left my parents with no money. And so I remember that. I knew that things were happening as uh, there were, you know, our cars started to get repossessed and there were tire tracks across the front lawn uh, where folks uh, came and took those. I remember my dad parking his work truck behind their car and uh, waking up and seeing tire tracks across the lawn and, and uh, my folks kind of telling us what was going on, but not really. And then I just remember that one day it was like, Hey, uh, we're leaving right now. Uh, grab like kind of what you can carry. And I remember carving my initials inside my uh, and the dates that I lived in the house inside the closet and then just being gone. And this part of my youth being uh, in a lot of ways, it felt like stolen. Uh, and I, to this day, I have this I would I don't know if it's jealousy. Maybe it is jealousy. Jealousy is like an unattractive term, but it's probably accurate for people who they can uh, still go back to their childhood homes and their, their parents still live there because that part of my life was, was taken away pretty abruptly. And it was a, uh, an awakening uh, of sorts, this um, kind of like, Hey, what you uh, take for granted uh, shouldn't be taken for granted. But I'm sharing it because I was looking at the pictures and, uh, and the house just looks so small, right? My remember, my memories there are of, being little and I'm looking at the stairwell and I'm like, that was only five steps. I remember running up those steps, you know, thousands of times. And I can't believe it was only five steps. And there was this ledge in our living room that felt like I was always looking up at it. And now it looks, you know, it, it would probably be up to my, to my ribs at this, at this point, maybe a little bit higher. And uh, anyway, it was just a really, it was cool. It was, it, it just got me to reflect. And I, I think the, the messages, and you know, I like to start each of these shows with something that's that's pretty inspirational. The messages, man, don't take it for granted uh, because it could be gone at any moment. I'm certainly a testament to that in this scenario. Uh, and you know, I would uh, 
we're not thinking about buying the house, by the way. My sister is thinking about posing as a potential buyer. So she can go back and check it out. She asked me if I'm interested. I, I just, I, I would love to, but I just don't have the time, but I think she's going to go check it out. But really, you know, just don't take, don't take things for granted. They can be gone in a, in a second uh, or in a, over the course of a couple months. And, you know, it's hard to go back. It really is. And uh, I could definitely say that I feel like part of my youth was taken. I mean, it literally was, uh, but um, don't take it for granted because, uh, you know, it's gone. You'll, you'll miss it. Uh, all right, folks, let's get uh, our guest out here. Uh, like I said, his name is Mike Parnell. He's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. He's the founder of MPC Builders. They're custom home builders and uh, commercial general contractors in New Jersey and Philadelphia, a uh, place that's close to my heart, Philly. He recently founded the nonprofit nonprofit public charity, Ascent to a Cure Foundation. He's an endurance athlete. He's an overall rock star human. Mike Parnell, welcome to the Inspiration Accelerator, man. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Michael. Thanks for having me, man. Love it. Love it, brother. That opening story you talked about, uh, we, we, we share, uh, not in the same context, but we share that a little bit uh, together um, as far as just missing, missing something. Uh, uh, from our youth. I, I grew up with a single mom, never knew my dad. And, uh, we moved probably 20 times growing up. So really had, so, uh, we were, we were rental to rental and I never really had that, uh, that, you know, location or even town, uh, I would say that, uh, I felt like was like home base and could go back to and had that like consistency. So. I know what you That's feel. interesting. Yeah. And has that affected you as you've gotten older or you feel like, I mean, are you the type of person? Cause I feel like for so many of us, we're either like, we're either exactly like our parents and we try and recreate our youth or we go polar opposite. Or many of you like, Hey man, I bought a house at 24 and I'm never leaving this place. Or like, has that affected you as you've gotten, uh, as you've, uh, as you've aged? Um, the drive for, to create stability, um, yeah. definitely there. Um, but I, I still am not attached to houses at um, mm. a house is like a good, comfortable place to live, but kind of like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a builder. So if I see like, Hey, you know, if we sell this now and, and buy this other house, like whether we're moving up or down, you know, size wise or whatever, I'm just looking at it as like a transaction. <laughs> um, not, that uh that uh nostalgic feeling uh so much I, I like being you know i like the houses that we've lived in but we've lived in three since we've had kids so <laughs> that's 12 years so very cool, um, i guess i get i definitely get that from uh from my my childhood but my wife is exactly the person that you were uh you were reminiscing of she uh she lived in the same house her entire life and even you know, up till she was about 35, um, maybe 38, her parents uh, finally sold it. So, wow, 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 wow. Okay, her okay. Parents. So, the, the yin and the, you get the yin and yang thing going on. That's cool, man. And thanks for thanks for sharing that. I think it's stories from uh, you know everyone's got a story from their from their youth, and uh, and everyone's got a story to tell. I appreciate you giving us a a, a glimpse into yours. To to that point. Talk to us about this Ascent to a Cure Foundation. What is it? Why just start it? What do you all do? I, I love this mission that you're on. Tell our audience about it, please. Yeah, man. So, um, so I, uh, my wife and I have uh, 
two kids. Uh, I have a, a son who'll be 12 in May and my daughter is eight and a half. Um, and my daughter, Ryan, um, when a week before she was three, she started to have these rashes on her forearms and her face and her knees. And we couldn't figure out what it was. Um, and um, took her to a pediatrician. And fortunately uh, for us, a lot of kids go undiagnosed for months and, and longer. Um, he had an idea what it was. And he sent us to a dermatologist who diagnosed her with this very rare autoimmune disease called juvenile myositis. And, um, you know, so over a week, we went from, you know, uh, just a couple hints of like what's going on to three different doctors, landed a rheumatologist, you know, and, and day seven, she was already getting her first treatment. Mm. It's great for her because the longer it goes diagnosed, the worse it gets. But, um, you know, reading about it, in the parking lot of the uh, of dermatologist, you know, you read about a disease and you get the worst of the worst. Uh, you know, when you Google something, the worst cases, the worst results, et cetera. So we were panicked. Um, and, but we're, you know, even though we were diagnosed, we're like, yeah, but you know, she does you know, some of the symptoms are you, uh, you get uh, weak muscles in the shoulders, uh, neck, mm. trunk area, like your thighs. And we're like, yeah, she doesn't have any of that. She just has this rash. So we're kind of trying to talk ourselves out of it. And um, the next day, she, she was, you know, three years old, very active. She couldn't walk up the stairs by herself anymore. Mm. Um, so it was like a boom, just like avalanche of um, totally normal to like, what's going on here? Like, how bad is this going to get? Michael, let me, let me pause you for one second. Thanks so much for, for taking us on this journey with you. What's that like? as a, as a parent for you specifically for you and your wife, like to see your child three years old struggling in that way. Are you, Hey, we, we got you get the diagnosis and then you're actually seeing the physical manifestations. Are you like, Hey, we got this unstoppable ain't got nothing on us. Or is it, uh, terror? Uh, is it, uh, you know, um, just uh, anger. Why her? Why? Why us? What was your experience like? Uh, because I, I know this. I know the different diagnosis, but I know that I know what my wife and I experienced when we got Teddy's diagnosis. Talk to us about that aspect of this. So um, I think that first day where we was like where the the weakness came into play, um, I just like broke. Like I was like laying laying on her bed. Uh, just like bowling. Excuse me. <laughs> and um, and it took me, you know, a few hours, you know, the rest of that day pretty much to like get myself together. And um, then after that, you know, like the determination set in. Um, and, uh, you know, like my, my type A, you know, problem solving mode kicked in, but, um, yeah, I was like broken for a day. Um, just like, you know, like, uh, you know, here goes another thing that's, that's, uh, that's going wrong. You know, like uh, you really worked really hard to set this like good life up, um, for yourself and your kids. And then like something like that hits and you're just like, you know, why, you know, why is it happening? Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I um, and it feels like like that. You kind of like describe it. And thanks, I mean, thanks so much for speaking on this, man. I mean, I, I hear the emotion in your voice. I hear. I mean, our our audience is going to hear that, uh, and um, you know, I I I you know, I feel I feel it. You know, I I can remember uh, similar but different, but. You know, we were, we, my wife and I were living in Philadelphia at the time with, uh, you know, a four-year-old, a two-year-old and a one-year-old. And uh, we could not get a, um, we could not get a doctor's appointment in Philly. And so, uh, and I forget the exact name of the of the doctor you have to go see, but we, our guy, our guy, Teddy was not, uh, he was two and a half. He wasn't speaking. There were other, some other signs. And uh, we went up to New York not far from where we grew up and we saw a doctor and she ran him through a battery of tests. And then we went back down to Philly and then we came back up two weeks later to get the results. And I remember leaving the kids at my in-laws house, going to the doctor and she tells us it's autism and feeling like, uh, you know, got hit by a ton of bricks, excuse me. Um, and feeling in a lot of ways, uh, you know, she she was sharing all the symptoms that kids with autism exhibit, and we were like, he doesn't do any of that stuff, or he only does a handful of those things. And I don't know if we didn't see it uh, before that, or if just he almost needed the he almost needed us to get the diagnosis so they could kind of come out and manifest. But we started to see them, you know, because initially, like, no, no, no way. Um, and then we start to see him. Oh, he does actually flap. You know, he does. He does stem. Um, he does these lots. You know, he does line these. He does line his objects up in a row. And I remember mm-hmm. for about eight hours, it was, uh, you know, again, it felt like we were like we'd gotten we'd gotten the shit knocked out of us. Uh, and then it was just we got this. Um, it was a couple of years later during the, uh, really during the heart of the pandemic that it was like, we don't got this. <laughs> Where it kind of like, it came back for us of like, this is much different than I thought. We thought it would be, he's going to be quirky. We had conversations like, I hope like, I hope like kids don't make fun of him at school. I hope he has a lot of friends. And that evolved into like, Oh, is he actually going to ever be able to go into a school setting? He he bites, he scratches, he pulls things off the wall, and not not having any sense of what the future was going to hold, and that being so, it almost came back a couple of years later. So, anyway, I just wanted to I wanted to share that because I think it's something we have in common. Um, and to get back to 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 your story, you know, you you get the diagnosis, you you know it. it it hits you. It hits your heart. Obviously, we heard the emotion. What are the What are the next steps? What happens after that? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, one one of the similarities uh, to your son's autism is uh, autoimmune diseases. There are their lifetime. You know, there yeah. there is no cure for them. None of them. You can treat them. Sometimes they go into remission, but you've got it forever. Uh, which doesn't is go away. First things to to, um, to accept, right? Um, well, oh yeah. So, you know, we kicked into, or I kicked into, you know, all right, we're going to beat this. Like, let's figure this out mode. Um, 
like a lot of, you know, type A entrepreneurs, like this is just a problem and there's a solution type of a mindset. Um, and, you know, she, she started getting treatments and um, it's very, very strong treatments. Like fortunately she responded immediately, like within a couple of weeks or, or a month, uh, all her blood work was normal. Her symptoms were gone. Um, but the treatment protocol is brutal. It's like um, her first round of this, um, she was on uh, prednisone for 11 months till she weaned off. Um, once a month, IV, IV infusions of uh, intravenous immunoglobulin, uh, IVIG. So it's basically like uh, spun out of blood platelets, um, which the next day or two make her awful sick. They have like a brutal migraine headache from it, uh, which leads to nausea and whatnot. And, and missing school, you know, from that. Every week or every month, uh, once a month, she did that for 20, 23 straight months. And then um, for two and a half years, we were doing uh, a weekly shot of uh, methotrexate, which is like a, a very low dose version of it, but it's a chemotherapy drug. And that was kind of like her maintenance drug. Mm. And so about two and a half years into this madness, we, um, we thought that she was like kind of medically in remission. And um, we're like, you know, what is, even the doctor was like, yeah, she's on a really low dose of this weekly shot. Like she, you know, she might be able to come off it. And we were so anxious to, you know, declare victory over this thing and put it behind us that we said, you know, we want to try it um, Mm. off, come off the last, the last dose. And um, two months after that final dose, the final shot, she was fine. And then all of a sudden it came back and she started, you know, getting tired. She had this weird little rash on her chest. Um, and like, we just noticed her energy levels were down. She would like make little comments at the, that point. She was like five and a half. And um, she was like, you know, we got too many stairs in this house. And like, we have one, mm. here, so, you know, it's like yeah, little, these little signs. And again, we were kind of in denial, like, well, we were trying to explain them away. And um, we're like, all right, well, you know, we got to get her blood work checked. And sure enough, you know, the, the disease flared again. Um, so there was back to square one, only a shorter time frame. Um, you know, heavy steroids, the bloating, the, you know, constant hunger, um, the mood swings. And, um, you know, six months of, of the steroids and weaning off of that. And, and Michael, you have, you have uh, uh, other children as well. Can you remind us? Yeah. So my son is uh, now he's, he'll be 12 in May. So he's uh, three and a half years older than Ryan. And so talk about that because this is something I've personally struggled with. I, I, we're, we're, my wife and I are very intentional about this, but there's no doubt that because of Teddy's needs, the other, it's having an effect on the other kids. I'm not even suggesting it's entirely an entirely bad effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, you know, I noticed that, not notice, I mean, it's obvious they, if we're outside, they'll hold his hand. He, despite my daughter being younger than him, she'll grab his hand and say, Teddy, don't, don't run into the street and I'm keeping you safe. I mean, they've, there are good things that have come of it, but there's also other things that I know aren't great where they don't get as much attention as they potentially want or deserve. Uh, 
How did you find the balance there as a as a parent with your son and your daughter's, you know, your daughter's autoimmune disease? Did you have intentional conversations about it? Is it something you're still working on? Um, yeah, I mean, it's still a little bit of a work in progress. Um, you know, he was young. I mean, three. So he was like six and a half when she got yeah. that. So he, you know, barely understood what was going on. But, you know, was probably privy to some conversations, you know, overhearing some concern about health and stuff. And he actually about six months after um, she was diagnosed, uh, you know, before he was seven years old, started having um, like panic attacks. Mm. And we, you know, after a little while, we realized like, oh, like this is definitely related to him hearing yeah. about concern with her health. And we were, you know, always on on him about like, you know, being nice to your sister, be careful with your sister, like she's sick, blah, 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 blah. And, um, so that definitely had a, had a big effect on him early on. We, we got oh. uh, uh, to see a child therapist for a while, uh, eventually had my daughter see one as well to work through some stuff. and. It helped, and um, it actually forced me to be like a different type of parent. Um, I was yeah, in what ways? Um, you know, I was I was initially like like most people, just kind of like following the pattern of how they were parented. Like, you know, in my case, it was like kind of a authoritarian. You know, yell, <laughs> you know, do this. You're you're going to get spanked type of you know parenting and. Yeah. Uh, and this situation, as well as like my kids' personalities, like that was not the way I needed to parent them. So, yeah. uh, so that was a big, you know, learning curve of, and kind of humbling of like, Hey, you know, it's not a, it's not that easy to be a parent and B no. like sometimes different, just like managing people, right. Sometimes different people need a different type of direction. Um, and, you know, a different different approach so um you know i would say that was one of the good things that that came out of this whole situation another one i would say is a good a positive is um i you know i was concerned about like the physical aspects of her disease so i started taking my own health very seriously and eating better and exercising a lot more and uh that led down um a road of getting involved with endurance events, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into and how that kind of tied into creating the foundation. Uh, Michael, what, what is that? Is it, is it that you, cause I have this with Teddy, this, this, uh, and I, we should probably all operate this way, but I know that, that many of us don't, and I've just started to, but this feeling of, I need to be alive forever because he's going to need me. And I just need to be here. And so I need to eat healthy and I need to work out. Is that part of your thinking on this as well? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, you, you, you want to be there. Yeah, I think it's a reminder whether, whether or not, you know, our kids had, had issues to, to work through. I think it's a reminder that like, you know, we were kind of forced into it, but it's a reminder that like you, you, you know, you want to be a, a a helper, not 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 a hindrance. Um, as we get older, like we want to be there to support our kids and help them with their with their kids, you know, our grandkids. And um, if we don't take care of ourselves, you know, we're not we're not really going to be able to, to do that in a in an impactful way. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that helps drive me. And and also, 
um, you know, that I don't know about you, but the endurance side of sports uh, for me now is is a huge mental training ground. Like, you know, when things get hard um, in business, when things get hard, you know, in, in our personal lives, like drawing on that, like I'm I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to keep taking a step forward. Um, is is like a mental training ground for me. Like, you know, doing our, our first marathon and some of these other events, it's like there were plenty of times where you just want to be like, this isn't worth it. Like, I'm done. But yeah, I don't think uh, I don't a, think enough a, people. Oh, go ahead, please. Yeah, it's just like a it's a it's a training process to like not give up. Even even if you got to slow down and you got to breathe differently, you got to make an adjustment to the way you're running or you got to walk for a minute, like there's always a way to keep going. And that's kind of how I, how I approach all this stuff now, you know, like more of a long game uh, approach. Yeah. I don't think it's something that, and, and for listeners, uh, and this is important context that um, Michael and I, uh, Mike and I met uh, through a, a, a text message group that we're on started by a mutual friend. Uh, who basically challenged a handful of us in 2022, hey, uh, let's see who can run uh, 52 10Ks this year. And Michael and I separately, uh, uh, Mike Parnell and I both took on the challenge and uh, both just decided to run the Philly Marathon, uh, you know, at the same at the same time, right? Uh, well, it has to be the same time. It only happens once. We were joking before we got on the air. By the time this this comes out, nobody will uh, nobody will will remember or care. But the last uh, couple of days in the Northeast, where both Mike and I live, uh, it's been you know about thirty degrees with whipping winds, and everybody's been complaining about the weather because it's been pretty brutal. And Mike, you know, you and I were laughing before we got on air that that's that was what the weather in the Philly Marathon was like, except. It was about 10 degrees colder. So it was just this brutal, brutal weather the whole time. But your point, I think, is the most important point, which is that I, at least personally, and I imagine many people listening to this, think that it's just about the physical. To me, it's much less about the physical than it is about the mental. Uh, the physical is is what it is. I mean, your body is capable of of running that far or, or lifting that amount of weight or whatever it is, it's, is your mind willing to keep you in it for long enough? Are you willing to, to continually go back to this place of pain and pressure and discomfort? And I think that there are some similarities here. Well, you're naming them that, you know, part of your mission, part of my mission with our, with our children, you know, all of our children, but, particularly the ones who need, you know, additional support is around like, do you have the mental toughness to hang in there when it gets so tough that it, it wants to break you. And I'd love, I want to talk about the endurance stuff, Mike, but can you just give us an update? Like, where's your daughter now? And then what is, you know, what is the scent to, to, to a cure? What are you all intending to do? And what's the work that you all are currently doing? Yeah. So, um, so she's doing well, um, as I was uh, explaining earlier. So she ended up flaring a third time last year, last winter, excuse me. And, um, 
we've worked our way through that now. And now she's on just a, a maintenance medication that she takes orally uh, every day. And she's stable and her blood work is perfect. And she's back looking and feeling and acting like herself. So, um, you know, it's just, that's one of the things I think that I'm so drawn to like endurance with is like, like the amount that she has to endure and just keeps getting up and keeps going forward and keeps smiling and being herself. It's just, it's incredible. So Mm. um, that's what I draw on when I go in these events and just try to, you know, live up to the same, uh, to the same, um, you know, standards basically. Um, so, you know, through that, um, through the, those, you know, what's now five and a half years of, of enduring this process for her, um, as she gets older, she's started, started to ask a bunch of questions, you know, why, why am I the only one at my school who has JM, you know, why doesn't anyone else have to go to these infusions? Um, and you know, one of the, one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge of this um, disease is that it's, it is so rare, only three in a million kids diagnosed with this. So, you know, there's 300 million people in the U S you know, maybe a hundred million of them are kids, you know, you do the math. It's not a lot. You're talking hundreds of kids in the United States that have this. Wow. Wow. So it's super, super rare. And most of the time kids have never met anyone like them face to face. There's one foundation that I, that I supported uh, for years as a fundraiser called the Cure Jam Foundation. They've had some conferences. They're more like, you know, informational sessions for adults and the, they, the kids do go and um, they play in, you know, a conference room together and do some activities. But um, my, we went once when my daughter was three and a half and, uh, I don't think she met anybody that she re- remembers there. Uh, mm. But, you know, a lot of these kids don't meet anybody. And some kids could be the only person they know in their state that has it. Um, the, the moms and the parents can can socialize in, so, in, you know, Facebook groups and whatnot and uh, know each other a bit that way. But they ha- don't have that face-to-face uh, opportunity as well. So as I was, um, it, it, I'll, I'll make this quick, so it's not too long, but in, in May of 2020, um, pandemic hit, I had a, um, I, I was, I had just opened a, uh, uh, Ninja Warrior gym in New Jersey. Um, oh. I was going to a local like Ninja Warrior type place and, um, was really enjoying it. It was actually helping his anxiety a lot. Um, and I thought it was great for kids. So I, ironically, I opened it six months prior with a partner and the pandemic hit and ended up having to close it because, you know, oh. knows how long we, we would have been not operating with uh, oh. kids and parents, you know, in, in an indoor activity. Um, but during that, um, I offered on our BYLR, Build Your Life Resume group that we're, uh, you and I are a part of. Uh, in that Facebook group, I, I said, you know, anybody interested, you know, having some business challenges during the pandemic, let's get on a weekly Zoom call and uh, we'll call it the small business mastermind. And, um, and we'll, you know, have a hot seat for two or three people. And the rest of us will, uh, you know, we'll listen to what their challenge is. And then other people in the group would um, give input and, you know, see if we can help each other out that way. And we did that for each week for a couple of months, 
And, um, it was great. You know, met a lot of people that way. And, um, and, uh, you know, I think it helped everybody kind of just vent and process the challenges of, the of the early pandemic. And one of the, uh, women on there, uh, Jody Ames was the founder of Hope Loves Company, um, which is a New Jersey based, uh, but national reach nonprofit that holds, um, camps for children and families of, um, caregivers of people with uh, ALS. Her hmm. husband had ALS um, and died a number of years ago and she founded this uh, organization and they and now they're I think they're 10 years in now and they hold these camps like across the country, I think in like eight locations annually. So that kind of popped this idea in my head. I'm like, man, that would be so great to do for the JM community because it's so rare and like these kids need to know other kids like them. Um, so obviously that wasn't the time to found this foundation. <laughs> um, right. you know, not, it wasn't the right time to get a bunch of kids with health issues together in person, but it was an idea that was in my head and it, it would not go away. Um, so um, over that time period, um, I was training for 29029, which is an endurance event in, uh, I, I was registered for the one in Vermont. Um, it's an endurance event founded by uh, Jesse Itzler, uh, Colin O'Brady. And um, it basically, they rent a mountain. Uh, in this case, this was, this was Stratton Mountain in Vermont. And you hike up the mountain and take the gondola down and repeat until you've climbed 17 ascents, which is the equivalent of 29,029 vertical feet, which is the height of Mount Everest from sea level. So, um, yeah, so that's important. I, I think I'm a, we may have had another guest on who, done, who did that, but it's an important. So cool. Folks should look that up because not all of us are going to be able to get out to the Himalayas and mm -hmm. climb Mount Everest. But uh, you can do this event. It's called 29029. And it basically mimics what it's like to climb. You climb the same amount of feet. You might just do 10 or 11 or 15 or, in your case, 17 ascents, depending on how high the mountain is where you're doing it. But it's a cool event that I know I have a lot of friends who've done it. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, I can't recommend it anymore. And other than the physical challenge of it and the journey and process of training for it, the people that you meet on the mountain are like some of the greatest people on the planet, I think. Yeah everybody's just trying to, you know, challenge themselves and help other people and encourage other people. And, uh, I, I met probably, I really got to know about 12 people on the mountain and I still talk to all of them on a daily basis, you know, yeah, yeah. um, which is, you know, pretty mind blowing. So, and it's been, you know, a year and a half since then. So, um, so when I signed up for that event, um, I was doing it as a fundraiser for the Cure JM Foundation. Um, so they they um, basically fund research uh, for better treatments and medications, and uh, for for JM, they're only they're the only other uh, foundation out there that's doing that um, for this you know small population. Um, but one aspect of what they don't really get into is the community building and um, you know, kind of relationship building that, yeah. 
had it in mind with, with our uh, Ascent to a Cure Foundation. So, you know, when you're training for 29029, you have a lot of time to think. Um, it's, you know, hours and hours of training for months. So as I was training for that, you know, mo most of these runs, I'd be dreaming about like what to do at this foundation and what our events could be like and who, you know, what activities and who to have guests speak and all this stuff. And I just became, it just became such an important um, thought in my head that uh, once the pandemic, you know, got under control um, and I had finished 29029 and actually raised a hundred thousand uh, dollars over the two years I was training for that, for the, for the uh, care jam foundation, I decided to, you know, proceed last fall and, and, you know, form, formally form this, uh, ascent to a cure as a nonprofit and, um, and, uh, start moving forward with that, with that idea. I love so, it. So go ahead. Keep, keep going, please. So, um, you know, I was telling a bunch of people on the mountain about it and they're like, oh, it's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, sure enough, like different people I've met through that event have helped in different ways. Um, one of the uh, women in the community, uh, Bree Hagen, um, she actually lives on the West Coast. She did 29029 in Utah a few months prior, but she uh, was looking for um, some inspiration on her on her hike and uh, dedicated a lap to Ryan. And now she actually joined and was uh, our board and is our uh, our board secretary uh, for the foundation and has been integral in, in helping us uh, put our, our plans for the camp together. And so, you know, it's just one example of, uh, you know, the type of people you meet at these events and, um, and how much they, you know, are inspired to help other people. Um, so basically what our foundation um, is doing, uh, we're gonna have two different uh, programs. So one program is the uh, Ascent Adventure Camp. And um, it's going to be held in uh, Middletown, New York, a place called Adventureland, New York. Nice. And, um, uh, I actually met uh, someone through BYLR that owned a camp. I was at Jody Ames, um, like kind of inspiration for the whole thing, at her house uh, for a holiday get together. And I was telling the, the group um, my idea. And this woman was like, well, oh, this is great. Like my, my husband and I own a camp in New York. That would be perfect. Whoa. Like, what are the odds of that? Right. Like, yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a good, you know, I've, all of this, I think is a good um, example of why, like, you know, you should, you should explain to, you know, you should share your story to people, um, whatever it is. Agreed. Agreed. You never know who, who, you know, and how, you know, sharing that will, will uh, help you and the other people involved. Um, so anyways, the, the, um, so, you know, I linked up with her and that's, we ended up, that's where we're, we're, we're reserved to hold our first camp in August uh, 4th and 5th of 2023. And basically our foundation will cover the cost of attendance for the child with JM, their sibling and their parents. Um, oh, wow. Or, or parent caregivers. Uh, their parents. So uh, through fundraising, you know, we cover the full cost of attendance and Basically, they'll check in at uh, noon on a Friday. Um, we have all kinds of activities from uh, arts and crafts, swimming, archery, high ropes courses, uh, zip lines, um, 
you name it. Like it's a, it's an all encompassing camp. Um, meals are covered and everyone sleeps in uh, glamping tents. And uh, you know, we're going to have bonfires at night and uh, the kids will learn how to, to make, uh, build a campfire. And then they'll cook their own s'mores on it. Um, and then we wake up again the next day and do a bunch of activities all day long. And, and then check out at dinner time on Saturday. So how can this is this is amazing. This is Mike. This is amazing. How can folks? How can listeners? Uh, where can they find you all? How can they donate? What's the? Uh, what's the? So our, what are their, our, what are their steps. Yeah. Yeah. Our website is uh, ascenttoacure.org. So it's a s c e n t number two a cure.org. Uh, under the program section, you can, if you know anyone with a family with JM, um, they can click uh, on there to register. There's a uh, fundraising page on there. If you want to get involved uh, and be a, be a fundraiser or just donate uh, to our ongoing fundraising. And also a contact form on there uh, if you'd like to, to volunteer in some manner, whether it be, you know, support staff and, um, um, you know, committee or board related work or actually volunteer at, at one of our events. Um, we're more than welcome to, uh, to do that. We'd love to have uh, as many people involved as possible. Um, so yeah, cool. It, so we got have an amazing. Camp. Yeah. We got the first camp coming up uh, this summer. What, what else is, is there anything else? I think you mentioned something else happening as well, right? Yeah. So our second program will be um, uh, a, a once a year parents only outing. Um, Similar concept, um, we're going to meet in, you know, kind of, of inspiring natural spaces like, um, you know, maybe Sedona or, um, you know, somewhere out on the West Coast, uh, do some, some, you know, nice but accessible hikes for people, get out in nature, you know, maybe go see some uh, natural uh, national parks or some waterfalls and uh, our our idea between both programs is that um, you know relationships and friendships are formed quickest and strongest while doing something adventurous together, having you know having experiences together. Um, so uh, you know that's that's kind of the incubator idea of getting the kids in a camp setting, like you know most people who've gone to camp, any type of camp as a kid, like out of all the things they've done in their childhood, like I would guarantee almost everyone remembers when they went to a sleepaway camp somewhere and what happened there and especially out in nature and, and the same for adults, you know, it, just to get out away, get a break, have time to connect with other like-minded parents going through the same type of challenges together uh, in, a, in an inspiring environment, um, I think will be really, really critical and impactful for, uh, for this community. Well, listen, Mike, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, your just your vulnerability and your, you know, willingness and openness to share your story and to talk about, you know, your daughter's disease. And and truly, man, I mean, the show's called the Inspiration Accelerator for a reason. You know, you had a choice when you got this diagnosis. You could and, and I, I hope this doesn't sound negative to folks listening. I, I don't mean it this way because we're all going, we're all, we're all, we all have our separate challenges, but 
you could have you could have curled up in a ball. You could have said, "Why her? Why us?" And maybe there was a little of that at the beginning. And certainly, I experienced that with my own guy. But like, you turn this around, you turn it into a, a into a nonprofit. You're bringing families together. You're bringing children together who have JM. You're bringing the adults who just need some other adults to to connect with and to say, "Hey, I I understand your your story." And there's there's so much. There's just so much camaraderie and, and so much, you know, connection that happens when folks are able to do that. And and you and I know you're a humble guy, but you are you are driving that. And so I just want to shout you out for that. And uh, just can't thank you enough for coming on our show and and telling us about it and also telling people where they can contribute to this as well. i would never heard of it before. You talked to me about it. So I, I just can't thank you enough for coming on and sharing your story, Mike. Thanks so much. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. And you're exactly right. Like, you know, we can't choose. We didn't have a choice when our kids got these diagnoses, but we do have a choice in how we show up. And uh, the way I've been looking at it is, you know, if she's going to have this 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 disease and this challenge and, and have to work her way through it, then, you know, it's going to, we're, we're going to make an impact on, on this community and, uh, and she's going to make a difference, you know, and maybe uh, her having this will, will improve the situation for a lot of other kids and a lot of other families like her. I love it, man. Well, Mike, thanks so much, man. A true inspiration. We are wishing uh, you and your daughter and your family all the best folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. We will see you next week on an all new episode of the inspiration accelerator. Until then, have a great week. Thanks, everybody. See ya. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode. Please look out for a new episode with a new guest every week. This was the Inspiration Accelerator with Michael Sonberg.